1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garment, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence once again tonight, Lord, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy, we come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be in the house of God. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you for your presence tonight. I pray now that you'll speak to our heart, and may you be glorified, and we'll love you and thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to verse number four here, where the Bible says that Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him. And I want to preach on this subject tonight on I surrender all. I surrender all. You see, Jonathan is standing there, no doubt, whenever David comes back from the battle and he's got Goliath's head in his hand and he is standing before Saul and he is talking and Saul is questioning him and asking him who he is and David identifies himself. And notice that the, the, the truth, or, the, or should I say the truth of this text is the Bible says in verse number one, and it came to pass. Now, in all of our life, it's going to come to pass, amen? Uh, there's one thing that we can mark down in life and that is that life, is swiftly passing us by and what God says in this book is always going to come to pass. And so that is the truth of this text that on this day Jonathan find, or David rather finds a great friend and so does Jonathan. And there's the truth of this text and then there's the timing of when it came to pass was when that David made an end of speaking unto Saul. When David gets through talking to Saul, uh, listen, Jonathan is standing there and he sees that here's this conversation he sees what's taking place. He has just witnessed uh, this great victory that David has brought to the nation of Israel. And it's at this time that, that this comes to pass. What is it, preacher, that, that comes to pass? Well, notice the treasure that's in this text. As the Bible said that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So three times the word soul is mentioned there. And when we th think about the love that Jonathan had, for him. It wasn't some kind of physical love. It wasn't some kind of emotional love, but this was a spiritual love. Amen? For the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and he loved him as his own soul. Whenever you start talking about the soul of a man, you're dealing with a man's spirituality. Isn't that right? And so Jonathan loves David. He loves him so much that he gives him everything that he has on this day at this very uh, moment. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on that subject on I surrender all. You see, that's what Jonathan did to David. And David, we know, is a type of Christ in this text here. He's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jonathan lays everything aside because he loves David so much. Amen. You know, tonight we ought to love Jesus that much. 
that were willing to surrender everything to him in order for Jonathan to love David as he did with their spiritual love he had to get past his family meaning that Jonathan had to love David more than his own father was going to love David you see the love that that uh, that Saul had for David was a very fleshly love it was a love that came and went some days Saul loved David some days he wanted to kill David isn't that the way the flesh is it's just up and down it's on and off you can't never depend on it and there is a time when the Bible says that Saul loved uh, David but how quickly that love was to change but not with the love that, Saul, that Jonathan had for him Jonathan had a spiritual love and friend a spiritual love will hold through the test of time amen and so that's what uh, uh, Jonathan had for David but he had to get past his father his father was not going to accept uh, the, the, the love that Jonathan was going to have for David and I'll tell you if, you want, if you're going to love Jesus like you're supposed to and if you're going to love Jesus with all of your heart, sometimes you got to get past your own family. Amen. Amen. You know, your family, if they're lost tonight, they think you're crazy for being this dedicated to church. And some of them that claim they're saved will sit there and argue with you all day long about things in this book and, and things the way that you live your life. You know why that is? Because they don't love God the way you love God. And I'm not being a, a fair sequel when I say that. But for whatever reason, their love has diminished. But he had to get past his family. He had to get past his fortune. Amen. He had to get his eyes off of the riches that surrounded him and say that I love David more than all the riches of Israel. You know, if you're going to love God, you're going to have to get past the riches of this world, the fortune. You know, you and I may never make a fortune, but so many times we can miss the will of God by trying to make a fortune down here and we sell God out for the almighty dollar. Amen. You see, friend, you don't have to have a lot of money to love it. Isn't that right? Some people never had a nickel, but they loved it and they strive for it and they live for it and they served it. Money tells us where our heart really is. But Saul or Jonathan had to get past his family. He had to get past his fortune. He had to get past his flesh. Amen. You see, what I, what I see in verse number one is that jealousy has been outlawed. In other words, uh, here's Jonathan standing next to his daddy and here's David standing before them. And listen, Saul is fascinated with David. I mean, he's just watched this young man run out there with a stone and a sling and take this champion of a giant down and then stand on his chest and take a sword out of his own sheath there and chop his head off. And Saul was a man of war. He liked battle. And Saul is standing there and he's mightily impressed with David. Now you know what that is tonight? That's an opportunity for Jonathan to get jealous at his father. Whether here these two men are that's going to be the greatest of friends but it all started because Jonathan was willing to lay his own jealousy aside. I'm telling you, friend, jealousy will rise up in every one of our hearts if we're not careful. And jealousy, the Bible says, is crueler than the grave simply because it separates men one from another. And what I'm saying tonight is, is that Jonathan took the initiative and said, I'm going to love him. I'm not going to let anything get in my life here. And so he had to get past his flesh. Hey, if you serve God, you'll have to get past your flesh. You'll have to get past your emotions. You'll have to get past your feelings. The devil will talk to every one of us and if you listen to him and you run off your emotions and your feelings, you'll lose some good friendships in this life. Right. Cannot follow the personalities of people. They change, don't they? 
My friend, follow Jesus Christ and Saul. Uh, listen, Jonathan would not even follow his own father's footsteps, but he followed after David. And what I see in this text tonight, I want you to notice three things that, that Jonathan has in this text. There's three things. If you're going to surrender all to Jesus tonight, the same three things that Jonathan surrendered to David or the same three things that it took to surrender all is the same th three things it takes in our life to surrender all to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, just because you're in an old-fashioned church tonight doesn't mean we've surrendered all. I'm telling you, we must evaluate our heart on a daily basis because the victories that we won yesterday does not mean that we're going to have victories today. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, just because David defeated Goliath yesterday doesn't mean that David is going to win a victory today. We read in other places where David was defeated, friend, and that can happen in all of our life. But I see in this text that one of the things in Jonathan's life, my friend, that I see here is that number one, there has to be a yearning, amen? As the Bible makes it clear in verse number one, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Why? Because Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And then notice what the Bible says in the latter part of verse number three, that Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. You know what bound Jonathan to David? It was the fact that he loved him. It wasn't riches. It wasn't fame. It wasn't fortune. In fact, can I tell you something? David didn't have anything to offer Jonathan, but yet Jonathan and loved him. There's another picture of the love of God. I didn't have anything to offer God, but yet he yearned for me. He loved me. He loves you tonight. I'm just simply saying this, uh, that if you're going to surrender all, it's going to have to be a love, a yearning that's in your heart. You see, the question is not do I love God, but how much do I love God? I'm sure every one of us tonight would testify that we love Jesus. But do we love him enough that we're willing to surrender everything to him? Do we love him enough? Do we yearn for him that we're willing to give him all? You see, he loved him, the Bible says, as he loved his own soul. He loved him as much as he loved himself. And I'm telling you, friend, you're gonna have to love Jesus and I'm gonna have to love Jesus more than I love myself tonight. If I'm gonna surrender all, there has to be a yearning in our heart. Just going to church and going through the motions is not enough. Uh, friend, you and I are gonna have to have a real love and yearning in our heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved him as his, whole, as his own soul. There has to be a yearning. This was a sincere love. This was a spiritual love. This was a sacrificial love. Hey, I want to tell you tonight that this was a special love. It was unlike any other. This was a steadfast love that could not be broken. This was a selfless love. Jonathan didn't want anything else. Whether David ever loved him or not, it was already determined in his own soul. He was going to love John, uh, David with all of his heart. And I want to tell you something. Whether God ever does anything else for me or whether he ever does anything else for you. We ought to yearn for him. We ought to love him and we ought to serve him, not for what he does but for who he is tonight. Amen. Is there a yearning in your heart for God? I want to say tonight if you surrender all, there must be a yearning. Secondly, I want to say if you surrender all, there must be a yoke. Amen. Notice the Bible said in verse number two that Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. 
There was not only a yearning tonight between these two men, but I want to say there was a yoke that bound them. You see, Jonathan loved David so much that he said, David, I just don't want you to, it's not enough for me just to say that I love you, but I want to put that love into action. I want to make a covenant with you. I want to have something that binds our love together, that when the hard times come, that when the troublesome times come, that when people doubt us or when people try to divide us, I want there to be a covenant that binds us together. Hey, can I tell you that's the same way it is with a husband and a wife? You know why that husband and wife stay together? It's because they love each other. Isn't that right? But it's not just any kind of love. There's a, there's a covenant that's made at that altar that says uh, we're going to stay together. Whether, as I mentioned this morning, it be richer or poor, we may not have a lot of riches, but we're going to stay together. We're going to make a covenant because we love each other. Whether it be in sickness or in hell, Someone in that in that couple may have a health issue that, that may, listen, uh, make their marriage difficult. But that other spouse loves and takes care of them in the, in the sick times as well as in the healthy times. You know why? Because that covenant of love binds them together. You see, when you love somebody, no sacrifice is too great. Isn't that right? You take if somebody that you love is sick. Listen, you will spend all of your money. You will spend all of your time to, to take care of them just because you love them. And you'll do that without complaint. You'll do that without regret. You know why? Because love binds you together. And Jonathan said, I want to make a covenant, David, so it will bind us together. Hey, let me say this tonight. If you're going to surrender all to Jesus, you've got to learn to make some covenants in your Christian life. I think too many times we serve God on impulse, don't we? We're just moving with the flow of life and whatever hits us, that's, what we, that's where we find ourselves. But a steady Christian is not a Christian that, that moves on impulse. A steady Christian is a Christian that has made some covenants with God in their life. They've made some conscience choices. You know, you don't have, sometimes it's not about how I feel. It's just a choice, amen? Love is an emotion and I understand that. But above that, love is a choice that you make. You choose to love somebody, isn't that right? Now I'm telling you, listen, sometimes you may feel love and sometimes you may feel not love. But I'm telling you, you just keep loving that person because there's a choice that is made. There's a covenant that is binding. And that's the way it is with serving God. We shouldn't serve God based on impulse, but we should serve God because we've made some covenants with the Lord. Those covenants will keep you in the right way. You say, preacher, what kind of covenants? How about a covenant tonight if I'm going to read my Bible every day? That's a covenant, isn't it? Why read the Word of God? Because I love Him. And these are his love letters tonight. And I want to read the word of God. Some days I'm tired. Some days my mind is clouded. Some days uh, I don't feel like reading, but I read it because there's a covenant that says, Lord, I love you. And I want to hear what you have to say to me. And then there's that covenant of prayer. God, some days I don't feel like praying, but I've made a covenant. Lord, I love you so much that I may pray and it may not get above the ceiling. I may pray and the devil may fight me every inch of the way. But Lord, I'm just going to pray because when I read the Bible, you talk to me. And when I pray, I talk to you. And Lord, I'm just going to keep that covenant and we're going to just keep it binding because I love you. A lot of times in church, people treat the altar as if they're scared absolutely to death of it. I'm not talking about lost people neither. I'm talking about saved people tonight. It's like down here, this is a, and this is a holy place, but this ought to be a place that we frequent often. Isn't that right? 
I'm not saying that you need to come to the altar every service and I'm not saying if you don't come to the altar tonight that you're backslid. What I'm saying is is that if you're, if listen, if you never use the altar then I'm concerned for you tonight, amen? Because this is a place where we make covenants with God too many times. We say, well, I'll just get that right in my seat but and there are times when we can do that but I will tell you there's a lot of times where we just got to get up and make and swallow our pride and humble ourselves and listen, not worry about what the person around us thinks and just go down to the altar and say, Lord, tonight I'm making a commitment. I'm making a covenant because I love you. This is what I want to do for you. Amen. I think we should have covenants in life. Young people, if you want to live for God, you got to have covenants. Covenants not to run with the wrong crowd. I'm not, I'm not hanging out with that bad crowd in the youth group. I'm not hanging out with that bad crowd at school. I'm not hanging out with a bad crowd, as I mentioned this morning, in the neighborhood. I'm just going to keep myself. I, why? Because I've made a covenant with God. And they may tempt me, and my flesh may even want to do it sometimes, but I've made a covenant with God. I'm not going to listen to country music. I'm not going to listen to rock music. I'm not going to do those things. Why? Because, Lord, I love you, and I've made a covenant. Doesn't mean sometimes my flesh doesn't want to listen to it, but I choose not to because I love you. I've made that covenant and I'm going to keep that covenant in life. Amen. Make covenants with God. Make commitments. David and Jonathan, there was a yearning. There was a yoke. You know what a yoke does? It brings, it brings two, two animals or two people, should I say, together. You put them animals in that yoke, that double yoke, hey, they got no choice but to pull together. Isn't that right? If one, they got to go in the same direction. You know what a yoke does? It puts unity, doesn't it? Amen. It pulls them close together. Amen. Making a covenant with God is not a bad thing. That's a wonderful thing. Making a covenant with God means that I'm pulling up close to God. Making a covenant with, to God means that, Lord, I want to pull in the same direction. I don't want to pull against you. I want to be in unity with you. I want to do what your word says. And I see that there was a yearning. I see that there was a yoke. But then I want you to notice something else. In verse number four, there was a yielding. Amen. Jonathan doesn't just say, David, I love you. And I want to make a covenant to you. But when that covenant was made, Jonathan said, David, I'm going to prove it to you. And he stripped himself, the Bible said in verse number four, he gave David five things in verse number four. And I want you to see these five things. I want you to see, first of all, the Bible says that Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him. He gave David his robe. And that robe speaks of his sovereignty. And you see, Jonathan wore the robe of a king's son. When people saw him, David wore the robe of a peasant. David is a perfect picture of Christ because in him there was no beauty that we would desire him and he's wearing those peasant garments and Jonathan's standing there and Jonathan takes that robe off, that robe of sovereignty. Jonathan was next in line to be king but when Jonathan gave that king to, or gave that robe to David, you know what Jonathan is saying? He's saying to David, even though you're not king right now, I want you to know something David, that in my eyes, even though you're not king, you're already my king. Amen? Now I'm telling you, that's what Jonathan did when he took his robe off and he gave it to David that's also a picture of Christ amen that's what being a Christian is about it's being Christ like he surrendered he said I'm not going to sit on the throne of my heart anymore David you're going to be in charge and I'm going to give you my, my robe I'm telling you listen if you want to be blessed tonight you need listen to get off the throne of your own life and say dear God I'm saved but I want to surrender I want to let you be in charge I don't want to be the one in authority in my life but 
but I want you to be the one that calls the shots in my life. It's a good picture of Christ, isn't it? Because that's what Jesus did for us, didn't he? He took his robe off of splendor and he took on the garments of a peasant so that you and I could be clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave him his robe. He yielded his sovereignty to him. And then notice the Bible says here in verse number four that he gave uh, he gave to David his garments. Amen. He not only gave him his robe, but he gave him his garments. And those garments represent those secret parts, those secret places. You see, when that robe was on, you couldn't see them garments. They was hid. But, David, but Jonathan, when he takes that robe off, listen, he takes the garments off. He takes the secret places of his life and he says David I want to give it to you I want to give you the secret parts that part that no one sees I want to give you that inward part hey listen God don't want us to just give him what's on the outwardness in other words he don't want us just to clean the outside up but he wants the inside the secret garments of our heart amen man can get a haircut he can put a suit on a lady can wear a nice dress to church that doesn't mean we've surrendered all does it God wants them secret places of our heart. He wants our garments, those inward garments. He wants to have more than just the, the outward. You can put, give the outward. But David, or, but Jonathan said, I'm going further than that, David. I want to give you the secret garments. I wonder tonight, does God have the secret places, the hidden places of our heart? Have we surrendered that to God? You see, it may not be the outwardness of the flesh that you're struggling with tonight, but what about what's in the heart? What's in your heart tonight? Has God got your tongue? Has God got your heart? Does he have your motive tonight? Does he have your thought process? Have you surrendered? the secret places to the Lord. I even think that sometimes people miss the mark. They try to clean the outside up and hey, that's commendable. But they don't ever work on the inside. You see tonight, God is interested in a man's heart. And if God ever gets the inward garments, he don't have to worry about the outward garment. Tonight, jealousy can destroy a person's life. Pride, envy, covetousness, malice, bitterness, these things that we can harbor in our heart, maybe toward a spouse, maybe toward a parent. We can let them things fester and take root in our life. But I'm telling you, if you really want to surrender all, you've got to give God your heart. That means you've got to give him your will. You've got to give him your motive. You've got to give him the intents of your heart. You've got to lay it all on the altar. And Jonathan said, David, you can have the garments as well. Then I see here that he gave him his sword. And this sword speaks of service for him. He took that sword and he put that sword in the hand of David and he said, David, I give you my sovereignty. I give you the secret places uh, uh, that no one else sees, but I give you my service. That sword was what a man lived by and it was what he died by in those Bible days. It was how he won victories. Uh, it, was a, it was a piece of, of his manhood. It spoke volumes about his life and who he was. Uh, a sword was something that a man took pride in. It was something that, that he didn't give up easy. And whenever one king would surrender to another, oftentimes that's what he would do is he would take that sword and we would walk up and he would present that sword to that king and he was saying that I surrender all and that's what Jonathan did he said David I surrender my service to you whatever I do from here on out I want to do it for your honor and your glory hey I want to say tonight that's exactly the way we should live our life our service whatsoever we do we should do it heartily as to the Lord tonight we shouldn't serve for men should we can I get a witness right there 
We shouldn't serve to get a pat on the back or, or to get noticed or to be seen, but we should serve because we love Jesus and we want to serve for his cause and his glory. You know, if you're serving God tonight, and if you're serving for him, results really don't matter. I want to see results tonight. I like to see people get saved. I want to see the church grow. But tonight, I'm not serving for those things. I'm not serving to see how big the attendance on the board can get. I'm not serving to see how big the offerings are. Those are things that we want to see results. Uh, but I'm telling you, listen, if we serve out, out of the measure of just wanting to see results, we're going to be encouraged some Sundays and we're going to be discouraged other Sundays. And whenever the board's up, we're going to be up. And when it's down, we're going to be down. Hey, I'm tell you something. God's good. It doesn't matter if there's a house full or a handful. Amen. God's good. It doesn't matter if people's for you or they're against you. Amen. If you're serving tonight because you love Jesus, uh, then that should be a Enough, and that's all that really matters in this life is our service for him. And he gave him his sword. Notice he gave him his bow. That was his security. Because now Jonathan doesn't have a weapon. He's given David everything. You know, a man without a weapon in Bible days was in real trouble. I mean, he, he couldn't defend himself. He might get killed. He might get, if he, as long as, jo, as Jonathan had that bow, he had some sense of security. But friend, it was a false security. And when Jonathan gave the bow, his bow to David, he is saying to David, I, I don't have any weapon now, David. I've given you all my security. My security is in you. My trust is in you. I'm trusting you to take care of me. I'm trusting you to win the victory in days to come just like you won the victory today. He's surrendering all because David gave him liberty. David gave him freedom and David gave him my friend the victory and can I say it's true uh, in our life with the Lord Jesus Christ all my liberty and all my freedom and all my victories have been won in him uh, he deserves the sword he deserves the bow uh, my security is not in myself uh, to defend myself but it's in Christ and him alone amen so we don't have to defend ourselves just as David fought for Jonathan Jesus Christ will fight for us amen and he surrendered his bow. But then notice in verse number four, the Bible says that he surrendered his girdle. And this, is, this speaks of, of himself. You say, what do you mean, preacher, that he speaks of self? Because I can see in my mind, here's Jonathan standing before David. Now Saul has walked off and everybody else has went back and there's David and Jonathan standing there. And Jonathan makes this covenant. He says, David, I love you. As you were standing here and talking to Saul, God knit my heart with you. And he said, I love you. And he said, I, I want to make a covenant with you. I don't want to just tell you that I'm going to be loyal to you and that, I, that I'm going to love you, but, but I want you to know that no matter who I am and no matter what I have, I, I give it all to you. I, I give you this robe. I, I give you my garments. Uh, here's my sword, David. Here's my bow. The only thing left is his girdle. You know, the girdle is what holds everything together, isn't it? The Bible said, Paul said, talked about the girdle of truth, didn't he? You know what the truth is tonight? It's that which holds everything together. Friend, if we don't have truth, we don't have anything, isn't that right? 
If we don't have truth, them songs may be pretty, but they don't mean anything. Preaching may sound good, but it don't mean anything. But thank God we have truth, amen? And truth is what holds all of this together. Truth is what makes all this reality. That's the difference between us and the false occults of this world is that they may have their buildings and they may have their songs and they may even have their services and they may have their propaganda, but they don't have truth. Don't you thank God you have truth, amen? I'm glad I'm standing here tonight and not preaching something that's been made up or something that's been written by man, but I'm preaching something tonight that has authority, something that has anointing upon it. Thank God it's got assurance in it, and it is the word of truth tonight. I'm thankful for truth, aren't you? And truth is what holds everything together. And truth has to be real in our own life. It has to be true in our life. Our heart has to be true. Our motives has to be true. What we believe has to be true. A lot of people believe things, but they're not true. And as David, as Jonathan's standing there, he gives David his girdle. And I don't mean to be inappropriate. I'm not in any way saying it, but, but Jonathan is standing there with nothing. He's standing there naked before David. You know, that's how we're to stand before God. That's how we will stand before God one day, is naked with nothing. But I'm going to tell you, here's what he said to David. When he gave him that girdle, he said to David, I don't have anything else left. David, I've given you everything. I've given you, I mean, all the way down to, I don't have anything. You have it all now, David. Everything that I am and everything that I have, it all belongs to you. Tonight, can you say that? Has there ever been a time in your life since you've been saved that you got on an altar and said, God, all that I have and all that I am, everything, my, my billfold, my, my home, my family, my life, my ambitions, my future, everything, all my plans, all my goals, all my dreams, everything. God, I don't have anything left. I give it all to you. Do what you want to with it. You know where Jonathan died? He died on the battlefield. When Jonathan died, he still loved David as much in the end as he did here in the beginning. You know why that is? Because of on this day, he gave him everything. Jonathan never had anything else to hold on to in life. I think in our Christian life, if we're going to serve God and do it effectively, we have to turn loose of everything. We have to give it all to God. As the old songwriter said, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. How about you tonight? Can you say that? Have you given Him not just those outward things, not just those things that people see? What about them inward garments? Have you given Him your heart, your secret places tonight? Have you given Him your service? Are you serving God to the best of your ability? Is that what, you, is that what motivates you in life or is it money? Is it things? Have you got past the flesh? Have you got past some family members tonight? Have you surrendered everything? Are you just half-heartedly serving God, just warming a pew in a church? Or are you giving God everything tonight? I wonder as we stand, as we get a song ready. We're going to sing this hymn tonight. Our heads are about eyes are closed. If you need to come and use the altar, would you obey God tonight? Lord, I, I want to surrender all. I want to give you everything. I want to get off this altar leaving nothing. Nothing in my hand. Nothing, nothing for me to hold on to. God, I put it all in your hands. You have everything. I surrender all. While Brother David sings, you sing with him tonight.